Okay, go ahead. So, Sorry. So, okay, go. There are no rules, Donald. And anybody who says there are oh, is, but, is but, just, but, you know... Not rules. Principles. McKee writes that a rule says you must do it this way. A principle says this works and has through all remembered time. The script I'm starting, it's about flowers. Oh. Nobody's ever done a movie about flowers before. So, so there are no guidelines. What about flowers for Algernon? Well, no, that's not about flowers. Oh, and okay. it's not a movie. I'm sorry, I never saw it. Okay, keep going. Look, my point is that those teachers are dangerous if your goal is to try to do something new. And a writer should always have that goal. Writing is a journey into the unknown. It's not building, you know, one of your model airplanes. Hi and welcome to the Name Movie Podcast. This is Andrew. And this is Mace. <laughs> and this is Cameron. <laughs> he wasn't in that song. How dare you? Austin <laughs> <Horse and> Carrot <laughs> on fire. <laughs> uh, all right. With Thank Mace you for Becca. joining us for the Name Movie Podcast. We'll see y'all in two weeks. <laughs> am I Faith Evans? Is that who I am here? <laughs> oh man. Her name is Chorus Girl. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? And Nate Dog is Chorus Boy. <laughs> we're, sl- we're Sleepy Brown in all of this. Ah, uh, that's true. Mm. That's Chorus Man. Mm. Okay. Yeah, Chorus Man. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I keep occasion, occasion, like I tend to rewatch Tiny Desks I really like, and I'll go back to the big boy Tiny Desk, and he just has like Sleepy Brown there with him, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know I'm just like, oh, you're still around, (laughs) doing the thing that you do, doing this thing. (laughs) I'm actually kind of upset with NPR because for some reason I don't think they maintain their audio only version of the um tiny desk podcast um mm-hmm. stream anymore and so okay. i just can't get it i can't i just use youtube i just watch yeah, them on but, youtube but then i can't listen to it like on my phone easily i mean um, you can if you just download the youtube video what are you doing Douglas? why would i do that because why? like that you want that, that requires you want more, them at all times. that requires thought from yeah. me I Does have to actually actively do things and then put it on somewhere and save it right, and then access right. it with another app. There's this like, app called TubeMate and you download it. <laughs> and then, don't tell people how to do illegal and then things, Damien. You download the, they'll, the, the they'll, thing. They'll clip this and put this in your And trial. then the audio will play <laughs> through Power Amp because Power Amp is basically the VLC yeah. <laughs> of Android. Yeah. I don't use Power Amp anymore. I'm sorry, what now? Because it doesn't, casting doesn't work very well for me, and Power Amp can't use AirPlay. I mean, I mean, you, you've come up with a scenario so silly that <laughs> I can't, I can't. So that's how that's how I play music on my um on my speakers. I, I, I understand. push it through the the receiver. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, I, I hear you. 
<laughs> we seem to have reached an impasse. But just like that. <laughs> Goddamn lunatic. We're here to talk about the review of the week that is Netflix's Bardo. Ya levántate, Silverio. Silverio Gama, periodista, documentalista, slash, artista. ¿Dónde estás? Sí. So yeah, Bardo, um, or the full title, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, um, which I'm going to guess is 99% of the reason Douglas picked this movie. It's you a know, pretty the title, good yeah. title just kind of went there and said, like, please laugh at me. <laughs> it is a pretty good, um, a pretty good name, title. I have to tell you. But I, I can be quite upfront. 100% of the reason I picked this movie was the director, Alejandro in Yaritu. Um, he's back and he's Early back now back. With, a <laughs> with a film about a journalist who is getting an award in Mexico, coming back to his homeland, discovering all these things about himself and at the same time having a fever dream of a film for us to walk through. So Douglas, Birdman, part three, is this Birdman part three? Um, has he made another movie since Birdman? There was Revenant. The Revenant. The Revenant was way before Birdman. No. Yes. Revenant was after Birdman. Absolutely not. It was the year after Birdman. Seriously? Birdman was 2014. Was it that um, long The Revenant ago? came out 2015, and he's not made wow. anything th- since then. I could have... I- in my mind, those two movies are flipped. Maybe it's because I actually have never watched Revenant. I still haven't watched it. Uh, but yeah, I like this guy, right? From his... Uh, I guess there's the World Cup video in 2018. <laughs> the World Cup video. My goodness. I remember the first movie I ever watched of his, I was actually in college, was Amores Peros. Uh, I remember enjoying that for, um, you know... Uh, because that's what you do when you watch things in college. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, back to this movie. Uh, as I said, I definitely picked this movie because of him. And the things that I like about him definitely lately, um, along with the things that I perhaps don't like so much about him, are both front and center in this film. Uh, this film is beautiful. Right? I don't think anybody can argue that. Uh, this film is well made. Uh, in some ways, well, not in some ways. It's actually an interesting look at uh, what clearly this movie is about. And let me stop for a moment and ask a question. Because uh, <laughs> is there a way for us to talk about this movie without actually spoiling what this thing is about? Because. So, I mean. <laughs> Like, I think there is a way. I think also, because throughout this, when I watched this movie, I actually couldn't do it in one go. Um, Like, I watched like half of it and then the other half. And at the point at which I stopped, I had made a decision as to what the movie was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I figured it out pretty early, too, actually. 
And I was completely wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> when the movie ended as to what the movie actually was. Um, because I, I took a very different approach as to what this movie was trying to express. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to what the, the narrative was. Um, and so I think there's very much a way for us to talk about this without spoiling okay. it. But but also, right. like, I get it if like we want to get into the ending as to like what that means for the well, rest of the film. It's not even just that I want to get into the ending. Like, some of my thoughts have to do with the fact that that's what this movie is all about, right? But anyway, let's. Let, I, I'll, I'll try my best, right? Um, this movie, as I said, it's very pretty. It's kind of absurd. It's very like if you said to to me that Terry Gilliam, Terry G, my man, directed this film, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be too surprised, except that it's a lot prettier, or not prettier, a lot more, a lot cleaner than what a Terry Gilliam movie would look like, right? A Terry Gilliam movie would look as absurd as this, as pretty as this, as beautiful as this, um, as <laughs> as artos as this, but the there'd be like a layer of film on top of it, right? He, he's he's kind of like that. But but in Inyarito, um, he, and it's kind of like this, this, this ongoing like development or, or maybe I shouldn't say development, but, but I've noticed over the, over the past, over, over time, uh, and perhaps a part of this has to do with you know the, the amount of money that he can get behind his movies as as they do better and better. Uh, but over time, he has been able to make much more visually stunning films, right? If you know, harping back to Amores Peros, that feels like a regular ass movie. I don't know if you guys have watched it, but. Um, in comparison to, say, A Birdman, to what I imagine Revenant is and to what I know this movie is that we're talking about, that's just, you know, a regular-ass movie um, in terms of visuals. Uh, uh, this film, what, what it does, it, it, it obfuscates a lot of real life into fantasy. And um, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths um, it's kind of twofold. One, it, it, this movie is actually quite meta in some ways. It describes this movie perfectly. It's also the title of a movie that's within this movie. So we haven't really spoken about this. This movie is about a fellow uh, by the name of Silverio. Um, he is, he, he is a, a journalist. He started off as a regular old, I will be on television and say what the government tells me to say, or at least that's the story, the line we're given. Mm-hmm. And he, he leaves, um, leaves Mexico, which he, he, a lot of this film is based in, uh, moves to, to L.A., and um, becomes more of uh, an auteur, right? Uh, an artiste. And um, his latest documentary, docufiction, actually, is called False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. And this movie, you can see, so the, I was about to say the first scene, but technically it's not. There is a very pretty first scene with, you, you see a, yeah. um, a, a point of view, yeah. a POV sort of situation where somebody's clearly, maybe they're dreaming and they're like jumping real high and flying in the desert, it's great. At least it's it's pretty, um, and you kind of wonder what the hell is this about. But the first scene that 
or, or, or the first setup that I'm thinking of, um, kind of sets the mood, the stage for this whole film, which is, and it's kind of hilarious too, um, harks back to, ah, Monty Python, Terry G, right? Um, where Silveria is outside waiting on his wife to give birth. His wife is giving birth to, you don't know if this is first, third, 50th child, but this is a child. And I think later on you find out that this this would have likely been their first. Yeah. Um, and the child comes out, apparently has a serious chat with the doctor and says, listen, um, mm -hmm. I know that I should be out here and chilling, but I don't really want to be here. And apparently his reasoning for not wanting to be in the world is that this place is too fucked up. And their solution is they ask, yes. mommy, can you please open your legs because we just need to push him back up in there. Um, and uh, his mommy's name is Lucia, by the way. Uh, but that's w what this movie is like. And it, it plays on um, things like that throughout the film where you see some absurd things, but you know it's rooted in reality. So, for example, they don't actually tell you this until the middle of the movie. And perhaps I'm saying too much, but um, immediately you get the feeling that this is perhaps somebody's way of dealing with or viewing um, a child that they've lost, which is, in fact, what happens, right? Or, or what you're, you're, you're told some, at some point in a movie. And, and this movie does a lot of that, a lot of creating the absurd out of whether it's something traumatic, whether it is somebody passionately telling a story about the uh, Mexican-American war from some time ago, whether it is having a dream where you're talking to, to Cortez himself on a pile of dead people that he brought smallpox to. Like, all of that is within this film. And that is amazing right? You will always get me to appreciate and enjoy the absurd, the silly, and the pretty. Here's the thing, though. This movie also has a heavy dose of what Inyaritu does in a lot of his films, which is, first of all, it's five hours long. Second of all, it is jam-packed. Five hours long. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you said that. Sorry, sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's jam-packed with, with ideas and um, through lines and um, metaphors and just everything, right? He, when he does it right, like, for example, with a Birdman, you love it. Or at least I did. But when he does it, and I shouldn't even use the word right or wrong, but when he does it in a way like this, and I am hearkening back to, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it starred Brad Pitt. Uh, then Beautiful. Beautiful, thank you. Then you kind of think to yourself, I know I should like this movie. I know this movie, uh, there are going to be a lot of intellectuals out there who are going to tell me why I am watching this movie wrong. But mm -hmm. 
I don't know if this one is for me. I will always appreciate um, some of the things in this movie, um, some of the specific scenes, some of the silliness, some of the absurdness, even some of the, the seriousness. And in small chunks, uh, I, I believe I would love each and every bit of this movie. But put together as a final product where you sit down for at least 10 hours to, to watch this, this series of this... this stream of consciousness is quite difficult uh so i don't want to say this movie that uh, this movie is just not for me here <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, yes. so i had folks. a I had a good giggle where like in halfway through the movie at like the big party scene renata points out to me the guy who is the father-in-law from acapulco um was he? Was that him? Father One of the guys no. making fun. Well, the, the you, mean, um, you, you, you mean the new the new husband? Yeah, the new husband. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know who you're talking about. Now that you mention him, but <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think that was him. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It was him? And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> um, but I'm with you, Douglas. I hear you. Um, and I think the thing about this movie is kind of, and it's like you say this stuff and be like, I loved it in Birdman. And the thing is that my brain has slowly creeped up to be like, did I like Birdman? <laughs> <laughs> because now I'm just, I'm just seeing all the Inurito stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. like I actually went to look this up to see who actually was the cinematographer on this movie. It was Darius Kanji, um, who was a guy who worked on Uncut Gems as well as Seven. Um, and I'm like, you know, like... I, this movie just looks gorgeous and it feels so much like the kind of movie as you describe it where there's so many layers of stuff to kind of dig into but it's just all at once in a way where like you're into it and then I felt myself just slowly but surely zoning out of whatever this movie was offering me and then I'd see another beautiful scene and I'd come back and then slowly but surely it would zone me out again because I'm just like, I don't I don't feel any true attachment. And um, to kind of talk to back to what I was saying earlier about like what this movie is about um, and the ending, like halfway through the movie, I finally made a decision that this movie was, and the internet can tell me how wrong I am, um, was Inorito talking about himself. I mean, you could say 99% of movies um, are about people talking about themselves. Um, but I, I just kind of saw the the connection possibly between the the main character, um, Silverio, um, and Inerito talking about people leaving Mexico and becoming super famous, super famous doing their thing and then coming back to Mexico. And I'm like, are you still Mexican? Are you, are you just one of those who left us behind? Um, and him talking about that experience. And I have no evidence to say that he's spoken about this, to say this is what the movie was kind of going towards. But that's what just hit my mind, struck me as I'm like watching this, experiencing this. Especially when it came to, I think there was a big scene, the interview scene, um, where he was on the tele on the live television broadcast and the guy just went into him. And I'm just yeah. like, seems he has feelings about like going back to mexico to a certain degree because i i know there was like this this um crew of directors who left mexico i mean you can add quaron to that um who they've done films internationally and become highly Super regarded yeah. right um 
And we talk about Inarito and we talk about Amor Sparrows. I like you. When I was in university, I watched Amor Sparrows. Mm -hmm. I have very little memory of that movie outside of a dog scene. <laughs> trying to get the dog from underneath the uh, the, mm -hmm. the floor floorboards yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um and i and every time his name comes up i'm like you know i should go back and rewatch a morris paris and see how i feel about that mm -hmm. um but i also have over the years rewatched birdman and slowly but surely been like i think this movie is not as good as i liked it at the first time <laughs> um if and only not this i think it's i think it's for the same reasons that i have issues with this one where it's just like overly so much of itself where i'm just like uh, i mean i'm i'm the king of i like movies to be pretty and to have a lot of but this is just a lot <laughs> even for me and you watch it and i immediately see the the connections with movies like eight and a half i see the connections with with films like the the other one that popped up in my mind was all that jazz, um, which is why I kind of made it all about him. Um, and uh, like I don't remember liking The Revenant. And Bardo, you're like, I already said it. It took me two tries to finish it. And I guess technically I've not finished it. <laughs> like, I think I have like 10 minutes left on the runtime in wow. Netflix. Um, and I just got busy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... This one ain't for me. <laughs> Andrew getting busy. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie is bad, guys. It's long and it's bad. <laughs> it is beautiful. Um, but I think uh, the diminishing returns from Birdman has finally hit a point where I don't find it um, even slightly entertaining. Um, the Revenant was this but it didn't feel the revenant felt like there was a, a actual story to tell and it's not birdman but and of course the thing everyone remembers is leo freezing his face off and getting raped by a bear but there are things in that movie that i appreciate this movie just feels like and andrew said it um, it feels like a lot. Um, in the so, you already spoke about the first scene, which, when that happened, I was just like, "All right, maybe this movie is going to have like something for me." And then it it switched, and the the next scene was them reenacting a massacre um, with children, and that felt less like where I wanted it to go, but it still had some feeling of, all right, we're going to be fun. Um, we're going to tell jokes. There was a dude still, like a snake on the yeah, ground. I'm still, was... right. I'm still in a ratu, so I can, I can only withhold myself so much. And then the movie just craters. <laughs> it is just, it spirals into... Um, him it feels indulgent in a way that i just don't i just didn't enjoy and um it feels like as he's gotten bigger less and less people can look at him and go no <laughs> and we're at the point where no one is telling him no um 
Birdman was a financial success and a critical success. The Revenant finally got um, Leo his Oscar. And you can tell that this movie took a long time and he thought about it long and hard. And what he came up with is something I'm never going to watch again. It's not... It's... It's a bad movie, guys. I don't know, I don't know what else to say on top of it. it. I did not enjoy two hours of this movie. It was just... It was... It, it is what I have been trying to escape from with this podcast. The more and more movies we watch, um, the more we try and find uh, movies from the fringes. And the problem with movies from on the fringes is that sometimes those movies are going to feel like homework. And this movie felt like homework. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like I have to if honestly if this movie wasn't um, for the podcast I have a very good sense I mean Andrew didn't even finish watching the movie there's no chance Douglas makes it through this movie and I would have <laughs> I'd have given up like after hour one <laughs> like, alright that's a good question like what would be your time mark you think you'd have dipped out I think by the time <laughs> By the time they got to the the party, um, I'd have just been like, this movie's not going anywhere near where I wanted to go. And there's like two morals on this. <laughs> what was the scene after the war reenactment? The scene after the war reenactment was um, the driver taking him somewhere and then him... Why? Because I don't think I'd make it to the party. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he talked to his wife for a little. He had that argument with his son at the table. And the son was giving him grief. And then it went to the party, I think. Well, before that, they had the, the late night tryst, right? Where ah, his, yes. his son Yes, where he had to push about, back the son. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd have stayed on after the sun thing. I'd be like, all right, maybe, maybe <laughs> this is going. Somewhere. I remember there was actually a point where I had to pause it for a little while. I too watched it. Essentially, I watched it all in one or all one day. But I watched a piece, then had to pause, do something, and then come back. Mm-hmm. I think I paused at around the one hour, one and one hour, 15 minute point. And yeah. I remember looking at it and saying, oh, I have another hour and a half to go. <laughs> and I think, as you say that, mm-hmm. if this were not homework, yeah. I may not have pressed play again. <laughs> I've thought, thought about this and I can't. I can't. <laughs> um, yeah, there's this... Hi. The, I, I'm not. I don't think I'm yet at the point where Andrew is where it's just like this Birdman. I need to watch it again because this Birdman might be trash. <laughs> you <laughs> see, it's because the thing is, at least with and and I, I wonder <coughs> about this part. Like a lot of the the what that movie is about, 
mm-hmm. right, are things that I can relate to. And it's not necessarily like I relate to lunatics. It's like, it's like you know, it, it, I know enough information yeah. around actors, filmmaking, uh, this sort of production design that like I, I can get into that narrative and into the concepts that those characters are going through. And it makes it easier for the rest of the bigness of Iniratu to kind of wash over it and for me to still be into it, as opposed to this movie where the things that they're on about the existentialness while in other movies i've been more into this one it just kind of felt just a lot of 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 it all um and so like with bird so like the thing my memory of birdman so like the big scene that i keep in my head of birdman is the scene of him arguing with the critic Mm -hmm. right which is like the big statement scene of the movie where they're like this is like a big point i want to make about like what is the purpose of your job versus mine Mm -hmm. and as time goes on that scene becomes less and less valued to me yeah and therefore the movie in my mind is like trickling out i'm not saying I'm just like, is is that what, like, they still have ridiculousness in that, and I know I will enjoy, like, seeing Michael Keaton run around in, 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 yep. in a, tighty whiteys. Yeah, in like, a bird and, costume. Yeah. Um, and a bird costume, <laughs> and, um, and Edward Norton trying to sabotage everything, you know? <laughs> um, but. Oh, Ed Norton is so good at everything. It's just a lot. <laughs> and, and this movie is proving what happens when there's a lot but there's nothing for you to attach to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it just feels... Right. Yeah. I, I'm glad Andrew landed on um, something that I... Like... Too often, I have come on this podcast and been like, uh, Andrew, I do not understand what you see in these movies. And... For Andrew to be the person who's just like to perfectly encapsulate what the issue with this movie is, and the issue is it is too much. It's too, it is a lot, and it's too much, and I don't want it. And I, I, I would have fully expected Andrew to come here and just be like, "He's done it again, guys." All right, so I'm just going to talk about the cinematography. Yeah. Right? You don't have to. It's amazing. But, yeah, for all of us to just be like, I I, I cannot. (laughs) uh, I've watched a lot of movies, and I'm here to tell you that this is too much of something, and I don't want any more. So, uh we're all unanimous. This is pro- Tump unapproved. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we give it a disapproving ha- finger wag, mm-hmm. just like <laughs> it's a gladiator thumbs down. Mm. No, you're making a gladiator too. No, no, that's a lie. You have to be joking. He's he's he, Tony Scott is off making gladiator too. Jesus Christ, no! Why for who? Who asked for that? <laughs> Russell no. Crowe asked for that. <laughs> no Russell one asked Crow. for that. Russell Crowe. <laughs> Russell Crowe is too high on cocaine to even remember that he did. 
he, he sold his um, gladiator costume some time ago yeah, and he wants yeah, it back. Yeah. Listen, you can't tell me that Russell Crowe isn't sleeping on a mountain of cocaine at this present moment. <laughs> Supposed to come out next year, Ridley Scott. Oh. Oh. I, why did I say Tony Scott? Tony Scott's dead. Ridley yeah. Scott. <laughs> we know what Scott you meant. Um, coming out next year with Paul Mescal. Hot off after sun. Just no. No thanks. But with that news, let's move on What's to continuing story going to be. <laughs> continuing our Apu trilogy discussion with part two in the trilogy Aparujito. Shogman. Dal Bhat March Torkari. So yeah. Um, <laughs> that sounded weird. <laughs> okay. So yeah, this is part two of the trilogy. Um, we follow along. Apu um, is off to get his education. <laughs> he's um, he's he, after after the death of his sister. The family moves off and to Calcutta. Well, not no. He goes to Calcutta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, he goes to right? Calcutta. Never mind. Um, and in time, eventually he finds his calling in education and gets mm-hmm. a scholarship to go to school in Calcutta. And nerd. it's just, <laughs> it's just a continuation of this story. But before I go any further, we must take pause. Mm-hmm. Right. As I require Douglas to step forward. Right. And first of all, yes, give us his, give, give <laughs> us his back, his back pay. Um, <laughs> oh Yeah. As he he gives us me a few a few comments on part one, Patha Panchali, All and right. then he can lead us into part two. Yeah, sure. So mm-hmm. I did uh, catch up, and I have completed Patha Panchali. And I would like to say, all y'all was lying, <laughs> lying. Why you that movie does lying. not get better at the second <laughs> half. Nope, uh-huh. it's still the same old shit. Uh, what I will say, though, is I will temper that position by saying it does get better in like the, sec- the last bit of it. Once, so, Once a story comes. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. so this is very, very uh, Von Trier-like, right? In the sense that you... Uh, he, Von Trier is the greatest at making you ask yourself, why am I watching that movie? Why am I watching this movie? This movie is boring. It's garbage. And then the last scene, you're like, all right, fine. Fine. You asshole. I love this movie now. Except it wasn't so so good. The swing wasn't so hard here. Um, I definitely got, Damien, what you were saying um, in terms of where the movie went. The fact that um, this this family is beset by tragedy. Uh, which is of, I don't want to say their own making, but it's of the circumstances they're in. It's of the, um, the, the the people that are around them, and the fact that this 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 patriarch uh, isn't 
doing very well by them. Um, uh, and then that all comes to a head at the end. Um, and as you said, they, they run off uh, to another place and another time. And I appreciated that coalescing of everything. But up until that point, which might have been like with 10 to 15 minutes left in the movie, I was still very much sitting down, twiddling my thumbs and waiting. Um, so this movie is, it suffers from all movieitis, but I'll, I'll give it to you. It, it, it brings it home in the end. Maybe not so much that I can forgive the rest of it, but enough that, that I will appreciate the storytelling, what, what was trying to be done and look forward to when I actually watch the second movie that we're supposed to be talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, next time you still got two movies to catch up on because we're going to be doing part three. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well aware. I have homework. I was, I was pleased to see that the second movie clocks in at a much more reasonable hour and 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Much How long was the first movie? Like two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Yeah, it's, oh wow! It's a lot of movie. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> um. Anyways, all right. So part two. Um. The story continues with the family having Just to moved say, off. It took me three sit-ins to watch this movie. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Yeah. The family moves off, and immediately the father dies. Right. <laughs> Um, in this movie and the son Apu gets his scholarship to go off to school and his mother has to live alone and deal with a life alone and it becomes this, this movie of distance of this family of the son and the mother the son having quote unquote his life ahead of him experiencing things in school you can talk of it like you know a road trip university movie that you'd see in in the u.s where they're all like oh my goodness we can now do stuff um and back home with the mother working and just fretting over her son yep um and i think this movie is like my number one movie now of the subgenre of film of you should fucking call your mother right now, shouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If there's ever a movie that's just that feels like a threat. <laughs> so, have you spoken to your mother? Not in a while. Hey, hey, stop, stop all of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. It's not like so. This- um, so, so like all of that way, Andrew, but that's pretty good. Yeah. It's... So, so film Twitter. When next year? Well, I guess this year it's going to come up. It's not happened this year. When Mother's Day rolls around, this yeah. should be your number one movie on the Mother's Day movie I, list. Trust me, right? Trust me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I like this movie more than the first one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's easier to like. There's more of a movie in this one, right? Um, like I agree with you. Like we we spoke about the first one about what I kind of call the 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 collective narrative, where it's like just about this family and just random storylines happening. And there's an end, and like you can decide on like your main character. But there were a lot of narratives going on in that movie for me I'm in this it. movie. <laughs> I didn't even hear that properly. 
Um, this movie for me, like there is, there's like a solid, like singular narrative going on here. And it's, it's a real, I really liked it. I really enjoyed the story of Apu going throughout this. And I, even everything else, like I could talk about being another narrative, the narrative of the mother, um, the short narrative of the father. Um, and, but it really is Apu's story at this point. And it's, I really like this movie. I don't really know what more to kind of say to it, um, Damien, because I don't really want to spoil that much for the right. others. I'm going to call you on the It Is Apu story. Uh, two, listen, obviously the trilogy, the third one will just be Apu's story. Fine. But this is not the <laughs> Apu trilogy. You this sure? Is Apu's you sure? mother's trilogy. <laughs> And she is the one that has to deal with the actual ramifications of all of this. So I don't know where these people get off calling it that. It is two Apple mother and then one Apple. <laughs> you sure it's going to be Apple in the third movie? You sure somebody else is not going to teach at this from point, Yeah, at this point, who knows? Um, it's like the life of Bran. He just happens to yeah, be around. Listen, this, this movie is... Definitely an easier watch than the first one. Um, it suffers less from that old movie-itis that that first movie suffers from. Um, but it is no less... Like, it is, I very much enjoyed watching this movie. Um, it's, it's very... Like the first movie, it's very understated. Like, they're not... They're just telling the story of these people and... You just watch it and you're like, I felt captivated by just the struggle of these people. Like nothing came easy. Um, Everything is a problem. As Andrew says, the father is dead immediately. (laughs) And you're just like, oh, there's no breaks in this. Um, (laughs) The thing though, that I didn't notice. um, And, I saw it at the start of the movie and fell down a bit of a rabbit hole. Um, the mother is making um, warm milk for them. And I'm like, what the hell is... Wa-? I know what I think warm milk is. So I was just like, who... Let's understand times are tough, but warm milk is not, uh, is not food. <laughs> and... I am incorrect. It turns out that there are a lot of ways that uh, people make warm milk into food. And I questioned a lot whether or not that would taste good. But um, yeah, warm milk, food. Uh, (laughs) Milk is food. (laughs) Allegedly. Uh, (laughs) Milk is for making cereal. That's it. That's about it. Listen, I, there's things I want to talk about, but of course, um, DJR lost his name, has not seen uh, <laughs> uh, any of this movie. And so uh, we will revisit this conversation. Although, based on his his thoughts on the first one, maybe we shouldn't ask Douglas any questions. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we ignore Douglas and everything he thinks. Um, 
Boo. Yeah, I quite <laughs> boo, boo indeed. I quite enjoyed it. Um, so far, uh, so great. Um, like, I've had no real friction with any of these movies. Like, once you get over the first hour in that first movie, that is old. Uh, the rest of it just feels like regular movie making. And the story is quite fascinating. At least I I find it that way. I put it this way: it's gotten to the point where, like as I said, when I when I when I picked out this marathon, I was I was debating whether I wanted to do like a, a coverage of Satyajit Ray's career mm-hmm. versus just going through this specific trilogy that I've heard so much about. And it's gotten to the point where my brain is like, all right. I'm now ready to like go and watch other yeah. Satyajit movies rather than just finishing this trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, all right, I want to see if I can fit in the music room, which happened between Aparahito and um, the world of Apu, which will be the third film we watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's it, like, I'm, I'm on board with this, with this series of films. It's been real fun. Um, yeah, I quite enjoy uh, this movie. Um, I, listen, I too was very skeptical when Andrew was like, hey, let's watch this nonsense. Let's go to India. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so far, so good. I, I, I discovered that apparently in 2022, mm-hmm. that's last year. Is it 2020? I, I, I need to... <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm saying this out loud because like that's kind of how my brain is working right now. Apparently they made a film that is the sort of a biopic about um, Satyajit Ray and they titled it the same title of this movie. Um, I found this out as I was like Googling for like clips... Mm-hmm to like use in the podcast of this movie and they're just all trailers for this newer film that um came out last year <laughs> but yeah um anyways anyway. moving on to what we've been watching um i've actually seen a crap ton of stuff but i'm not going to talk about most of it mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just going to talk about two things two things that i really care about um, number one, I watched Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool. How bananas is that movie? Do you guys... So Infinity Pool, for those of you who don't know, is a movie set in not a real country that kind of looks and sounds like Indonesia, but mm-hmm. it's just random name country, um, in which there is a pro i love this they actually say this there's a program that they've worked on with their immigration team basically that whenever there's a crime committed by a foreigner um first of all the punishment for these crimes are death like any crime like if you <laughs> right mm-hmm. um Makes but they've worked sense. out a they've worked out a process with in their, this country <laughs> they worked out a process for their immigration team where if you have the money you can pay them a fine and what they do is they build you a clone that they kill the clone not you ah right the, so the only thing you need to do is you need to pay the money mm-hmm. go through the scientific process of being cloned and you have to attend the death that's all that's required of you 
what happens when you create this system and a bunch of wealthy foreigners show up in your country? Somebody decides we're going to have some fun. Clone um, Wars! <laughs> it's the wrong movie, Douglas. <laughs> um, so basically, it's it's a movie about... So um, Alexander Skarsgård is lead. He's the guy who, come, who we're following along as he rolls into this story, accidentally commits a crime and discovers all of these things, and then becomes a part of a crew of foreigners who are all what like they like to call themselves in this club of having been cloned and murdered and stuff. And it just becomes a crew of people who just want to do crazy shit. Um, and overall, the movie is probably better than good. But there are pieces of it that I'm not that fond of as to like, as it gets to like more of like the psychedelic stuff. It never got to like, because I felt like the movie as a whole, what it was trying to do was trying to get into the, what would this do to a person if this was presented to you? Not just like all people are dicks, all rich people are dicks, and therefore we get to just watch them be dicks. We get to watch especially, them be murdered. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, because we're using Alexander Skarsgård as our character, like it becomes, a, it kind of wants to be the question as to what would this do to a person? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I feel like that's kind of where it kind of get conf- got confused for me because basically, if you watch it from Skarsgård perspective, it's a movie that wants to answer that question. And then if you watch it from every other character in that crew's perspective, it's rich people being crazy, right? Um, Mia Goth is a part of that crew, and she is just the most incredibly crazy, full tilt character that you can want in a movie like this. And I, she is the reason I will love this movie. <laughs> Um, so much so that like I had written off the Thai West movies and I'm now like, I need to go and watch Pearl because <laughs> she's in that and I want to see more Mia Goth. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to say this movie is a banger, but it's definitely an interesting one. And if you feel, if every, anything I've just said has like peaked you to be like, all right, it might be my bag. Like go give it a shot. <laughs> oh, listen, I mean, as much as we may have ragged on it, I watched the last Cron- Brandon Cronenberg movie and I'm 100% down for whatever it is that comes out of that fella's mind. That's kind of why I went to this one. But, you know, I don't know if we're all on board yet. If we're like, Art, is he a one and dunner or is he? <laughs> and I know he has a movie before Possesso that I've not watched. But, you know, I think I oh, think really? we're all at the point. Yeah, there was a movie he did before that called Antiviral, which I remember reading about, but I never actually watched. Um, but at this point, I'll probably go and look it up at some point this year. Um, so yeah. The other movie I want to talk about is the latest film from one Miss Sarah Polly, Women Talking. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys know about this movie? Because I don't want to say too much. <laughs> Not much. I'm right. um, sorry. Remind me the name. I think I've heard about. I, I think I read something about this. this what's the Sarah Polly movie name again? Women talking. Women talking. Women. I know that I've read things about this movie, so I do know about it. It's, just, it's been nominated for, for Oscars. Okay. Yes. I've so, heard the name, but that's about it. I'll I'll give you the stuff you you can go in knowing, <laughs> right? Um, it's about a bunch of women, uh, a group of women in a Word. in a, in one of these in one of these communities let's call it like Amish communities. Um, And they have discovered 
that they have been oppressed, raped, and generally not treated well for lack of lack of more descriptive words um, at their time in this community. And in the movie takes place over a short period of time in which um, one of the men of the community is being dealt with. Um, and they're, they've, they've left to go and deal with this man and told the women that they have like a day to all collectively decide to forgive this man for the crimes that he's committed. Mm-hmm. And they've taken this time to talk amongst themselves to decide what they as a group want to do. Do they want to fight, do nothing, or leave? Right. Right. And the movie is really just that. It's really just them having that conversation and everyone, you know, you can give it the 12 angry men treatment of like everyone giving their their vote and their opinion and taking us into their experiences over the time to express what's going on. And it is quite possibly one of my this is like one of my favorite movies I've seen caught up with from last year that I'm upset I didn't get to shove into our top 10 list. Yeah. Um, where it is, it's the kind of movie I love because it's the kind of movie where I feel like it's a very writery movie. It's a movie in which the performances are just incredible. The dialogue just stands out above everything else. And you feel it's the kind of movie that makes me want to read more. (laughs) Where I'm like, someone wrote down these words really well. And it makes me like the the script is kind of my favorite part of this movie, right? And everything just kind of flows in a way that feels good from a narrative perspective of like how things are brought about in this film. And it's incredible. And I can't wait for Damien to watch this movie. Okay. (laughs) Seems like this sounds like a threat, but... (laughs) But yeah, um, there are a bunch of other stuff I watched. I mean, I caught up with the Lord of the Rings TV show, and that was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all sorts of other stuff. Um, anime be animating. And yeah, that's all I'm really going to talk about here. Um, once, like, Vinland Saga was okay. And then the person that I love the most in Vinland Saga dropped dead. And then the person that the show is supposedly about just stopped being awesome. And I was just like, I can't. I mean, I, I got to like episode four of season two. And I think I've reached out to Andrew. And Andrew is just like, uh, Be quiet. See <laughs> colonialism. <laughs> I pulled out my favorite podcast reference. I was just uh. like, yeah, I guess. But I'm a, I'm a couple episodes behind this season. I've I've not caught up yet. Yeah, because um, it doesn't feel it doesn't. But also, oomph. but also, given like what season one was, like I'm willing to give it time. Like it's it it with season one. Like even I remember when season one happened, they had released like the first three episodes at once, mm-hmm. and you got to that third episode point where the father dies. Yeah. Um and. It felt like it took a while for it to kind of get its foot in as to like where these characters are going, which is why I'm very much like not burning this show at the stake yeah, yet. But <laughs> the father dying um, leads to revenging, 
and revenging is easy to follow. Like, you're just like, oh, I see what this movie is. Murder. All right, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> you watch murder. Yeah. And uh, do, do you see now why when I saw, like, Northman ads, my brain was entirely on Vinland? Yeah, I can see. Yeah, it's it is crazy how one-to-one a lot of that stuff is. Um, well, yeah. Anything else, Andrew? No, no, that's all I've I've come to talk about. I came to talk about um, murdering in unnamed countries mm-hmm. um, and, and women talking. women talking. Yeah, stay woke, Andrew. Stay woke. <laughs> hmm. Damien, what do you oh. have to present the oh, team? Sure, I did not have internet access for more than a week. <laughs> So, so I didn't watch the Super Bowl live, didn't watch Champions League live. So, um, yeah, it was all this, like, rewatch season one of Atlanta because I didn't have any internet. I rewatched Blue Planet, Blue Planet 2. Um, D. De- what is there? There's an ocean one that he does as well. Um, that I watched Blue Planet, something like that. Who knows? Um, and then secretly, when no one was staring at me, started watching Coupling again. Hey guys, Coupling is fantastic. <laughs> hey, Coupling's real good. Um, but uh, the only thing current that I'd that I've seen uh, is uh, HBO's new hit show. That's based off Sony's very popular video game, The Last of All of Us. And uh, the it's good. It's very good. Uh, everyone can I, can I ask you a random question, Damien? Sure. Are you caught up on the show like, uh, like yes. from last night's episode? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. Did we see that location before Last of no. Us 2? No. Okay, cool. I I was just trying because I remember they went to the. Da- I don't know if we actually right. ever saw that location before no, part two. You no, okay. goddamn video game players <laughs> coming out here being like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. when was this location? This is game two or game three? Or I mean, whatever. If, <laughs> if we're being honest, the TV show is better than the video game in terms of the story because, of course, it is. <laughs> You don't have to plug gameplay into it at all times. Um, you mean so The Walking just... Dead Part 2? Sure. Um, idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, there's... The things they've changed, I have not minded at all. Um, no, I don't mind anything. It's it, just my brain. It's just it's just the thing I'm sure most people have, like, watching yeah. movies they've read the books of where they're, like, yeah. trying to piece it together. Like, oh, I remember this piece. <laughs> kind of shit. Uh. And um, the only thing, the only thing I don't really love mm-hmm. is I don't love the change to fungus, and it's not about the reason shit. Yeah. I don't like that graphic when you see the thing come out of their mouth. Yeah, it's <laughs> horrifying. Yes. <laughs> um, I didn't enjoy when they started that off where they're like, "Well, I mean, if." In a far off land, if there is this thing called climate change. change. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those first those first two episodes are incredible. 
um especially this episode two when they have the doctor like home the mouth and take out the thing and they're like hey how do we stop this and she's just trembling because she's just like you're going to have to kill everybody (laughs) um Pedro's version of Joel is a better version of Joel. Ellie is still... I don't know. I think video game yeah. Ellie is still... It might be a little better, but Pedro's version of Joel is definitely a better version of Joel. Um, uh, there's, a, there's a part where they're in the museum and Tess is infected. And she says she's infected. And she goes Tess to reach, gets infected? And she goes to reach what? out to Joel and Joel automatically flinches. And that is not in the video game. And when I saw that, I was just like, that's right, Pedro is a better actor. <laughs> he's, he's better at this. There's a, he's better at this. Um, uh, listen, uh, for as much as this breaks the video game curse, the Mario movie is coming out this year. And I assume that that will turn the curse right back on. <laughs> that is going to be a goddamn catastrophe. I'm going to be very upset when I have to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> um, you have a small child. I don't think you have an option at this point. Um, you have maybe a year before he starts demanding what cartoons he wants to watch. And I mean, right now it's it's a life of like wiggle, wiggles and cocoa melons. So yeah. you know, it's it's not like he's not demanding. We've yeah. gotten to the point of like Blues Clues being integrated, but he's not right? he's not asking for things yet, and that is going he... to. No, no, Andrew, I don't... Andrew, you remember having cousins that talk <laughs> all the time, nonstop. A laddie, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When every single day. Someone just rolls up to you <laughs> and just wants to watch the same thing over and over again. Like what you'd imagine you what you did to Douglas with Almost Famous. That's what no, it's about. I've I've watched the two seasons of The Wiggles like at least a thousand times in the last two years. Yeah, that sucks. Um <laughs> Show him sports. Like, just don't make him know that there's things other than sports. He learned to love sports <laughs> by default. That's what. That's my plan. That's my entire plan. Let it's me know how sports. it goes. What's on right. TV? It's just sports, dog. I don't know. What to do. <laughs> What's that other? Ch- I see you watching cartoons in the night. I see you watching Vinland Saga. What's no, going no, on here? Just sports. <laughs> uh, that is blue lock you're watching. You're seeing. Yeah, exactly. That is just exactly. sports. You, you can show him that there's sports <laughs> yeah. in the cartoon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, you show them Dragon Ball Z, and you're like, yeah. "See, here's a sport. Yeah. It's just cartoon people is a it. sport. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's you, all we you, do." You, you have a lot of shonen sports anime, Damien, yeah. you can roll through, right? Exactly, okay. just sports. That's all we that's all we have in this house. And then one day you'll go to some friend's house and they'll show him some dumbass cartoon and I'll I'll go get some milk and never come back. That's, that's, that's the entirety of my plan. All right. Uh, Douglas? Douglas Robinson. Yes, sir. So um first and foremost, I watch the Super Bowl. Uh, I do not. Not live anyway. <laughs> watch Rihanna's I, belly do something. 
I got to see the. That was a moment robots. in my house when Rihanna appeared, and we were and people were feverishly on the internet, like, "Is she pregnant?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember I was watching that, and I was like, "Is she pregnant?" But wasn't she just pregnant? Only to find out she was just pregnant two years ago, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> or however long ago it was. No. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that actually, to be fair, I quite like that um, uh, that show, the halftime show. Mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy Rihanna. She's always... Damien, how did the halftime show rank for you in halftime shows? Oh, I I only ever watch clips. I've never seen an entire halftime. Whenever the halftime comes I on, know. I walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even watch the commercials. <laughs> like, I'm, just, I'm not here for it. I haven't but, seen the Fast you know, and Furious trailer and I'm not going to. Because I, I know what that is. Yeah. The right team won... Um, we, yeah, we have now one. proved that Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is he's not football Jesus. Yeah, he's <laughs> Jesus. Hertz is coming back next year. Is he though? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, to accomplish what? Losing again? Clearly, the only reason that Messi won the World Cup is because uh, they drugged him and put Pat Mahomes in his place. Uh, no, it's because Messi needed to zero football. He was with <laughs> he he kept prolonging zero in football, and he just. <laughs> At some point, someone's like, all right, enough is enough. <laughs> yep. Uh, I have also been watching the Game Theory with Bomani Jones. Mm-hmm. It's back. Um, I have a feeling that Damien doesn't actually like the show, which is uh, upsetting to me. Why do you have that feeling? I don't know. I feel like you said that to me the other day, and I was just like, I, what? I have uh, never said that. You, sir, are a liar. I am really enjoying the show. I am glad that it's back for a second season. And I hope that they give him the sort of confidence and backing that they have given John Oliver because he is yeah. that just for sports. Uh, uh, nice we've already spoken here. about the fact that we've been all watching um, not just that show on HBO, but another, um, you know, Walking Dead remake, uh, <laughs> which is pretty uh-huh. decent. Actually, so... So I, I come at that show a little differently from you folks because you are video game players. I yep. really am not. I think the show is great, but it does annoy me. And I know that the internet is made for hyperbole. Yes. But it annoys me that every episode that happens, mm-hmm. uh, I go onto my Twitter feed yes. and everybody on Twitter is... Yes. Going crazy over yes. whoever the new character is and how great they are and how mm-hmm. they have this great moment. And you watch the episode and you're like, oh, you mean the person who had five minutes and was okay? Yeah. That person? Yeah. And it's not to like bat up anybody because everybody's great in the show. But like the sort of hyperbole that they go on with, you then watch the show and you're like, oh, wait, that bar has not been crossed yet. Perhaps if you had not said anything, I would have enjoyed this more. <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, Or at least enjoy that specific piece of it more. But mm-hmm. I like the show. The show is fun. Yeah. Um, uh, so just to go through a bunch of crap that I've watched. Watch, well, technically I haven't finished it, but Jim Jeffries has a new stand-up special I did not know that. It's not that good. Uh, I've been watching a silly little television show on ABC about an FBI agent called Will Trent, and the name of the show is Will Trent, and the ah. show is pretty okay. It's fun. It's it's okay for what an ABC show is, you know. Uh, it's a police procedural. Yay! 
I watched Turning Red, and you guys oversold the shit out of this show. You are wrong, is, and I don't like you anymore. It is fine. Uh, you're wrong, <laughs> and I don't like you anymore. What? <laughs> that this is, movie is decent. Your take That's is as bad. That's much as I can give you. Your take is bad and wrong. <laughs> you're, you're telling me you didn't watch that movie and like immediately want this young girl to get everything. Yeah. Your take is bad and wrong. I don't right. uh, I don't agree with this take. Best food porn scene in a movie for 2022? Without with, with the father making making dinner? Awesome. That movie is incredible. The movie is decent. The movie is good. The movie is like not. You, you have, you have no like feelings, you. Douglas. Yeah, that Douglas, is correct. Like you. Yeah. No feelings I don't know what happened to you. <laughs> it's not. You're not the no. Douglas I knew. We're into the cream of the crop. There are three things. Uh, more so two, but definitely three that I really enjoyed watching recently. And we're going to start with, I guess, depending on which side of the fence you're coming from, either the most alarming thing or the least alarming thing <laughs> um, on this list, which is, guys, I watched Black Panther 2, Wakanda mm -hmm. Forever until it's done, right? Forever. Yeah. Uh, Forever, ever. This movie is amazing. No, this there's one scene that is amazing. This movie is exactly what I wanted. You see, ball-headed demon. You see, here is the thing, <laughs> right? Um, Damien and Andrew, and I think mm -hmm. more so Damien, yes. did the same thing that everybody in this world is doing about The Last of Us and tried to sell me on the fact that somebody acted good in this show. Angela no, Bassett? No, she doesn't. Oh, she yeah, does she does. No, yeah. she doesn't. Yeah, she she does. is whatever is needed, right? She's fine. No, oh, how dare you oh, talk dear. about Angela Bassett like that oh, and dear. not sit down here and tell me yeah. that Mbaku knows exactly what movie he is in yes. and he's doing the work. Yes, Douglas. <laughs> right? But he did that from the first Wait. movie. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Wait. So what's the problem? Did Douglas <laughs> just tell me Angela Bassett was bad? No, no, no. I didn't. I just she told you say, that you're overselling that she, the shit out of she, it. She's <laughs> just Angela Bassett in a movie. She's, she's yeah. just in a movie. Yeah. So, so what, what you're trying doing. to tell me is that she's already incredible and like you're, you're not getting anything more than you thought you would. Yeah. Sure. If you want to, if you want to take it that way, if you want to go spin right it ahead. <laughs> you know, you're, you're Meryl Streeping her. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll accept it. <laughs> yeah. You know. I'll allow it. Um, but... Honestly, I really like this movie. This movie is just like the last one, pretty as hell and um, silly. silly as hell and action packed. And really and truly, you need nothing more to get me. Um, but this is also done extremely well, just technically and everything. I think everything mostly works. Obviously, there's a lot of silliness. It's a Marvel movie. If you don't put down your brain for a little bit it, it, there's no point to it yeah you're right? doing yourself a disservice e exactly but this movie is definitely the first good one in a, a little while because Damien you and I have discussed our uh, apprehension shall we say with the mm -hmm. last couple right yep. even, even we can talk about Thor as much as you and I agree that it was decent mm. I think this beats it by a country mile right um this movie is the first one where I was like, oh, this is great in a long time. And to be honest with you, 
Um, I'm wondering if it's probably just because this is the last one that I watched, but I'm well, not the last one that I watched before this, but it's the same series. I'm wondering if the last one that I felt, oh, this is great, was actually the first Black Panther, right? Because that movie too was pretty awesome. Um, for similar reasons, right? Um, you, you, you have a lot of positives in that movie. A lot of positives in this movie. Really loved it. Anyway, I won't spend too much, too much more time on it, especially because I can see Andrew's face turning red and it's, his brain is about to explode like a guy from another show that isn't that great um, about feelings inside a... I thought you were going to say I'm going to become a panda because I, I would accept <laughs> becoming a panda. <laughs> okay. I think becoming a large red panda sounds dope. There you go. Not Louis Black in, in Inside Out? No, nope. I'm, I'm pandering. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck Inside Out. Anyway, I will apologize. I really did like that movie. I just wanted to say it was bad to, to see how angry you'd get. Uh, um, no, not, not the panda. Wait, hold on. The, the Inside oh. Out movie. Oh. Fuck the panda oh. movie. The panda movie is fine. <laughs> now you've just gotten me more upset. What's, yes! what's, 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 the ball, what's the game here? I'm... The game is get Andrew as upset as possible. <laughs> it's what the game is. Uh, two other things, right? And I'll end with the big one. So, so let's go with, with the next one. Um, these are all TV shows now. I have recently started watching Poker Face. I am definitely nowhere near uh, caught up because I think there's something like seven episodes that have gone. I've only watched the first two. Uh, this the show is fun. It's so I made the mistake of listening to Nicholas, um, because he claimed that not only was this show good, but it was really funny. And I was like, really? Okay. There's not one funny thing about this show so far. <laughs> it's so the like, first two episodes. Not that like I, it's not fun, and they're not you know, things that are like you know objectively funny about the various coincidences and the silly silly nature of her Columbo-ness, right? The fact that she's just like, oh, I'm not special, but all I can do is look at you and know whether you're lying or not, right? One more and question. That's yeah, and she doesn't really do that, right? Um, yeah. But she does things that are innately funny. It's just not like, ha, 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 funny. It's yeah. more like, oh, okay, cool. And, and so that... Uh, <laughs> The the thing I also notice is if you're someone who does not like Natasha Leon, don't oh, watch yeah. his show. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and, right. and so the and and the weird thing about it is for me the parallels that people try to make with Colombo, for me it's I mean sure it's a detective show, um, but like I kind of see it also just in how she is because as you say you kind of have to and almost in anything that she's been in you just kind of have to be like do i or do i not like the person that is natasha leon because otherwise so, i will find her grating and not enjoy any of this right and and it's the same way with colombo she is kind of like him in, in, in she has such a New York accent, the way she moves, the way she talks, ah. the way she acts is, you know, what it's very that? specific. That was my <laughs> Natasha Leon voice. Yes. <laughs> you can't, like, she doesn't become somebody else and she is not like, she is not a template of somebody that can just be 
nondescript. She will always be Natasha Leon wherever she goes, or at least so far, that's what I've seen in the things I've seen her in. Um, even... So to, to kind of just wrap off one thing, the reason why people are comparing to Colombo is not just the, it's a detective show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one specific thing. And I don't know how much you remember about Colombo outside of Peter Falk. Because um, um, we used to watch it a lot. We did, but yes. But, you know, that was a long-ass time ago. Uh-huh. Um, the thing about Colombo that kind of makes this wrap into, like, a Colombo homage oh is the gosh. one thing Colombo did that all of the other detective shows that happened of the era didn't do, which is you saw the crime. You, oh, as the viewer, yeah. saw the crime. You That's know true. what happened and then the rest of the show is you watching Colombo, or in this case, Natasha Leon, getting the answer that you already know what's happened. Most of these kinds of shows structurally yeah. was no you saw maybe a hand. <laughs> like you didn't know who did it. And I mean you knew who did it, but like the the narrative structure was that you and the detective are together, like figuring out the problem. Yeah. That is the reason why everyone kind of touches okay. it onto Colombo. I didn't actually right? remember that. Thank you for bringing that up. And weirdly. So when, I think it was Peacock, because I think Colombo is an NBC show, which then yep. makes sense. Um, when Peacock came out, I, I, I got the free version and I started watching Colombo because it's all there. I kind of stopped because they have ads and it's annoying. Yes. But um, I watched the first episode, I think, um, and nothing else. But I do remember, especially with all of these shows, right? And must have been NBC. Um, they, what they used to do is even after they finished and were like, all right, we're done with you as like a, a show that I'll buy 20 or 30 episodes of every year. But once or twice every year, they'd be like, you are still loved enough that I need to give you a Sunday night special. <laughs> and Colombo had a bunch of those. I remember like Heart to Heart had one uh, or two. There were a few other shows like that. And and I remember that, oh, Perry Mason was a big one um, with all those specials. And I remember we used to watch them all the time. But yeah, I, I didn't remember that, even though I clearly watched the first episode. And as you're saying it, I'm like, yes, they did it in the first episode. But I didn't watch enough to like... Uh, think of it as a, a, a pattern but yeah. yeah so that was that was the thing with colombo like the, the they showed you the murder and then you had the guest of the weekish stiffs which which yep. was like a good actor it wasn't yep. just like which random is exactly tv what people they're doing here because i was about to talk about the fact that right? adrian brody is in this show i he mean he said good actor oh hey. <laughs> and actually i don't know why i remember as soon as i saw him in the second episode i was like woof I thought you had died. Um, the guy from <laughs> Cheers, Ratzenberger, or whatever his name is. Um, I'm not going to lie. I thought movie. the same thing. <laughs> because, like, because, all, <laughs> because also I know there was like one Pixar guy who had died. Right, yeah. and I thought it was him. I thought it was him too, and like I even stopped and I was like, okay, maybe I'm being racist against white people right now, and just mm-hmm. saying that all white old fat people look the same. And I actually searched it, and no, it was the guy from Cheers. So I was like, oh, look at that, that's weird. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, this mo- movie, this show is pretty good, um, and I enjoy it a lot. I hope you guys and everybody that's listening enjoy this. And finally. Lastly, let's move on to Apple TV where they're ready to spend some money. Spending a lot of money on TV shows and movies lately. As we're, we're hearing, apparently Scorsese has 
jumped the Netflix ship and landed onto the Apple boat. Uh, but right now, I have been watching a show by the name of Shrinking, starring Jason Siegel, Harrison Ford, and the wonderful Jessica Williams. And the show is great. Uh, it's Jason Siegel is a therapist. So are the other two um, that I mentioned in the show. And he has he lost his wife some time ago. You don't see that happen. But you come uh, into his time of mourning, which is about a year later. He's still mourning. And he has alienated a number of people. And I guess this show is about getting them back, like building back those bonds. But it's done in, you know, a fun and bittersweet, serious kind of way, which, I mean, Jason Siegel is wonderful, so of course you expect it to be like that. So I am really enjoying this show. I haven't watched the last episode, which came out this weekend, but it's great. Fantastic. But that's it. That's what I've seen. No. I've, I've actually only seen, like, an episode or two of it, and I was not, I was not enthused by it. But... I'm willing to continue since you hear I hear good things. I am I'm hearing from multiple people like I should keep going. <laughs> um but yeah. Shrinking. Um it's also done by Lauren, Ted Lasso guy. Ted Lasso and Scrubs guy made it, so you know. Yeah. yeah. That? Speaking of which, Ted Lasso is back in a yep, few coming weeks, back. March 15th. Oh, is it that early? I, I, I just remember so. March and I kind of assumed it was the end of March. Yep, March 15th. And I'm one, I am I am already in the middle of the second season. I started watching it again. <laughs> I did as well. I'm in the middle of the second season. Uh, but yeah. Love of mine, someday you will die. But I'll be close behind. I'll follow you into the dark. No blinding light Or tunnels to gates of white Just our hands clasped so tight Waiting for the hint of a spark If heaven and hell decide That they both are satisfied